From CBS News Bay Area, this is the Evening Edition. Live from the CBS studios in San Francisco, we'll have the latest on the weather in a moment. But first, San Francisco is set to lose a number of public schools as the district plans a major restructuring. Student enrollment has been dropping by the thousands, while the district says that it is struggling to staff classrooms amid a teacher shortage and lots of facilities are in poor condition. They label the Resource Alignment Initiative as the way to tackle the problem. District says it'll work with families, teachers, and communities in the process, and the consolidation will create what they call better learning environments in the long run. To create the schools our students deserve and our families expect, we must have fewer schools than we do now. By having fewer schools, we can concentrate our resources and enhance programs, teacher support, and student services. Superintendent is expected to make recommendations this fall on which schools to close, to merge, or to what they call co-locate. The changes are slated to be in full effect in the 2025 school year. Earlier this week, San Francisco's Teachers Union released its own report, blaming most of the financial issues on years of district mismanagement. The report says the district spends nearly twice the state average per student on administrative costs. The union said management should examine its central office spending before making painful high-impact cuts to school sites. Making the financial situation worse, the school district is giving up on a faulty payroll system after spending more than $30 million trying to fix it. And just yesterday, the district agreed to pay $4.5 million to settle a sexual abuse lawsuit against a former athletic director at George Washington High School. Might remember across the Bay, Oakland Unified is facing a $20 million deficit of its own. They did close Parker Elementary back in 2022, which has since reopened to adult education. The district backed off its plans to close six other schools after they got a lot of protests. Well, while we have been getting rained on in the Bay Area, the Sierra has been getting absolutely buried by snow. You can check out the scenes in Lake Tahoe. The whole area has been dealing with blizzard warnings and major highways like I-80 being shut down. Nevertheless, Kelsey Thord has been up in the mountains getting snowed in herself, and she's live now from Truckee. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Brian. Yeah, we're right here. We're actually in the parking lot of our hotel because we were nervous about getting out today because the snow has been coming down. And I'll tell you exactly why we were worried about leaving. This is the entrance to our hotel. There are two cars currently stuck just trying to get back in. So that just tells you the amount of snow that's been falling here all day. This big kind of pile of snow here. This is all the snow that the snow plows have just been pushing off the road constantly throughout the day. And we just continue to see more and more snow coming down. Now, this is the day that we've been talking about for the past couple of days when all this snow starts to come. This is the day that people have been told to stay in. Thankfully, for the most part, people are staying in their homes. We caught up with a few people earlier today that were really just doing their best to shovel their front doors and cars to make it easier when this whole thing ends. Thousands of people in the Sierra woke up Saturday morning to find their front doors and cars buried under feet of snow. I had to get my shovel out of the car, which is interesting because it's up to your waist and I had to dig out my um, my door to even get the shovel out. Look at my car. <laughs> oh my God. 
Cody Richardson didn't even attempt to shovel out his car. He's only in town visiting and wasn't expecting this. Everyone's saying Thomas. So this in what happening right now? I don't know. The storm dumped snow overnight and continued to pummel the area throughout the day, forcing people to do all they could just to keep up. Yeah, this is once in a lifetime for us to be in this blizzard. It's kind of kind of crazy. Spencer Payne spent the morning shoveling out his car, but in the end, the snow was just too much. We're pretty bummed because our friends, Kelsey and Soren Oaks, shout out to them. We were supposed to go to their wedding today and we're snowed in. The people that were able to get out didn't even attempt to drive. Max Marlowe strapped on his skis to get to his job at a local brewery. My car's got really low clearance, so I probably would get stuck on the way back. So I just figured skinning might be the easiest way to do it. But for the most part, people just stayed home, clearing off their drives every once in a while to make getting around a little easier, but then going back inside to wait out this storm from the comfort and safety of their homes. There's no reason to go anywhere until the storm is over. You know, hopefully you knew it was coming and you're prepared, uh, but it's, it's, this is just the middle of it. And he's right. This really is just the middle of it. You know, we're expecting snow into the night here. And you can see these are some of the cars that those folks were shoveling out this afternoon. And there's already a ton of snow on top of them. I'm just going to walk back here to show you how much snow. So this is an area where someone was parked. They're no longer here. This is how high the snow is. I'm 5'8". So that's about five feet of snow just right there, Brian. So this is an intense storm and it's not over. We're still expecting a lot more snow going into the night and into tomorrow. Well, all right, there you are. Darkness is gathering, snow is coming down. You're trapped in the parking lot. I mean, as a practical matter, what are you and Jim gonna do for dinner tonight? <laughs> well, you know, Truckee is, um, you know, no stranger to snow. So the, actually a lot of the restaurants downtown are still open. It's just figuring out how to get that food from the restaurants downtown to our hotel here. We yeah. were talking to the hotel staff and they were saying that there's actually a taxi taxi service around here that's running. So we may try and get them to deliver maybe a pizza to us later. We'll see, I don't know. <laughs> I wish it's, you luck. It's definitely rough out here though. You need something airdropped, <laughs> let us know. In Truckee, that's Kelsey Thorne. Kelsey, <laughs> thanks so much. Kelsey and her photographer, Jim, will not be heading back to the Bay Area anytime soon. As you just heard, I-80 is completely shut down. Chains are required on Highway 50. Here at home, the roads have been drivable, but there is still plenty of rain to deal with. And to find out the latest on that, here's Darren Peck. Video from our photographer, Alex, who was out in that just about an hour and a half ago and said it was an absolute downpour in downtown San Francisco. And that's how this is going to go for pretty much about like the next six hours or so. We're still very much in this here at home in terms of this storm's ability to produce brief downpours that come through, maybe the occasional thunder. Uh, and if you get one of those right over you, as you no doubt remember from yesterday, the winds really pick up when each one of those little cells comes through. We're watching live first solar Doppler behind me here. You can see there are plenty of these. Let's stop it in here and now. And the North Bay's kind of quiet now. Just down south of Santa Clara Valley, there's a very good complex of thunderstorms there. But let's put it into the future cast just to show you how this plays out over the rest of tonight. There really isn't a whole lot of a prolonged break in this. I mean, these keep coming on again, off again. And then once we get past midnight, things will start to behave differently. There is still rain in the forecast for tomorrow, but on Sunday, you're actually gonna see more blue sky. The storms will become a little less intense, 
Although you still, even tomorrow, throughout the entirety of the day, we can't rule out the possibility for another isolated thunderstorm to come through with this, just to show you how much there's still out here. There's still a ways to go before the storm finishes with us. A lot of details to go over. Way up in northern Mendocino County, the Leggett Post Office destroyed by a fire tonight. One person reported the fire caused by lightning. Haven't been able to confirm that, but you can see what did happen. A large tree next to the post office appears to have split. No injuries reported, at least not as far as we know. Mail services have been diverted to the Garberville post office. In sports, the 49ers took their time naming a replacement for former defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. But after a long search, they finally got their guy. And as reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Niners are promoting from within. Defensive, defensive assistant Nick Sorensen will take over as coordinator. And that's not the only coaching news. Team also expected to bring in former Chargers head coach Brandon Staley as assistant head coach. Staley spent three years in L.A. before he was let go at the end of last season. He went 24-24 and 24 with the Chargers, who I still can't stop thinking should be in San Diego. Staley was defensive coordinator for the Rams before taking the head coaching job. All about the money. Pivot to basketball, one of the best high school girls basketball programs in the country is right here in the Bay Area. The Archbishop Mitty girls look to remain undefeated tonight when they take on Folsom in the regional semifinals. And finally, here is Vern Glenn. The Archbishop Mitty girls, unbeaten, the number one team in the nation. These practices are crisp, efficient, no nonsense, and physical. It reflects their head coach, Hall of Famer Sue Phillips, who did it here many years ago as a student athlete and has been delivering at the highest level as head coach for 30 years. Bring energy with your voice, with your work rate, and your relentless motor. It's like a college program. Right. We are very time management. We're always being pushed. I'd say during practice, it's very intense. We're going, going, going. What is the single thing that you need to look for that tells you in your mind, that girl can play for me. Well, I can tell you that the price of admission at the door is tremendous work ethic and a great attitude. So without those two things, it's non-negotiable. Practice is made perfect because Mitty has aced every test this season. The beauty of this team, uh, it isn't about the score. They are truly about striving for excellence. So far, so good. The Monarchs won their four CCS games by an average of 41 points. You are playing the game. Boom. What's, what's the killer mindset? I mean, for me, I get really nervous before games. That's good. Yeah, I get, I get nervous. And then once I'm going to do the jump ball, like as soon as I jump, it just all goes away. Like, and then I just like forget where I'm at. I'm just playing. Sophomore McKenna Valichko dropped 30 points last Friday to help Mitty earn another section title. Now, they are locked in, trying to bring home a state title for the first time since 2015. Can you let yourself even visualize or even dream about having another banner up there with CIF on it? Can definitely dream about it. Yeah. Um, it's obviously definitely a, a hope. It'll be a great opportunity if we get to get a state banner. That would be awesome. There's a reason why the state banners are bigger. A little bit harder to get, and and yes, been a little while, right? Yes, yeah. an open division championship is not not here, but that doesn't define our success. Um, 
And, and it'll happen. I don't know when. Monarchs on three, one, two, three! Monarchs! 28 and O. When that comes out of my mouth, how do you respond? 28 and O. I smile. <laughs> That's how I respond. New deal for a temporary ceasefire between Israel and Hamas in the works that could come in the time for Ramadan. As Christian Benavides reports, it's happening as the U.S. is conducting airdrops of humanitarian aid into Gaza. On Saturday, a senior U.S. official said Israel had essentially agreed to a framework of a deal, which would see some Israeli hostages held by Hamas freed in exchange for a six-week pause to the fighting. It's something the Biden administration has been pushing for. It comes as new images show one of the first airdrops of humanitarian assistance into Gaza by the U.S. 66 bundles of food and water meant to provide 38,000 meals, a small debt for residents in the territory where half a million people are facing acute starvation, according to the U.N. The truth is, aid flowing to Gaza is nowhere nearly enough. Now it's nowhere nearly enough. Innocent lives are on the line and children's lives are on the line. The U.S. has joined Jordan. The country already conducted airdrops to the territory. Dave Hardin, a former USAID mission director in Gaza and the West Bank, warns airdrops could come with more risk than results. A very risky undertaking. It's also not going to be anywhere sufficient to meet the needs of the people in Gaza. And more to the point, it's frustrating in the sense that the Israelis aren't opening more crossings that would allow for greater throughput. President Biden says the U.S. would put pressure on Israel to facilitate more truck deliveries of assistance. If news of a potential deal comes after Thursday's incident in Gaza where more than uh, 100 Palestinians were killed, many by Israeli gunfire, near a convoy of humanitarian aid. Vice President Kamala Harris will meet on Monday with members of the Israeli War Cabinet. Resistance is justified when people are occupied. When people are occupied. Thousands mobilized in San Francisco today. Despite the wet forecast, they were there for a rally. Uh, as part of an international day of action to call for a ceasefire and to condemn what they call Israel's act of genocide against Palestinians. So far, more than 30,000 Palestinians, most of them women and children, have been killed since the beginning of the war. In other news tonight, wildfires in Texas have grown to the largest in their state history. Governor Greg Abbott estimated several hundred buildings have already been burned. It's happening in the Panhandle region. Two people have died. More than a million acres have burned. The largest of the fires is only at 15% containment. And the weather's not helping. When you add uh, high winds and low humidity to uh, high fuel load levels, uh, that's when you get the conditions that are right for uh, large, fast-spreading wildfires. Hundreds of personnel have been fighting the wildfires since they broke out on Monday. Really?